Hello and welcome to the Feminine Millionaire Show. I'm your host, Polly Alexander. I'm a success coach, healer, creative and future millionaire. If creating money and success in a spiritual and feminine and joyful way is your goal, this show is for you. Let's all rise together. Hello and welcome. Today we are celebrating. This is the 100th episode of the Feminine Millionaire Show. And it's kind of a quiet celebration. It's kind of a deep-seated satisfaction that I have consistently delivered this podcast every week for two years. And we are now episode 100. Wow, 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 wow. So if you're new to the podcast and you've just hopped in, there is a wealth of inspiration, of wisdom, of advice, of stories available to you. So do go back and allow your intuition to guide you to past episodes. And I want to say a big thank you to you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your reviews. If you haven't left one yet, I would really appreciate it. It's only possible on Apple iTunes and you just scroll down to the ratings and review section. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for leaning into your own growth and expansion and abundance. Because as we change ourselves we in turn change the world. So your transformation is not just about you, it's about the ripple effect it has on everyone around you and the energy that you put out into the world. It's time for something new and we are part of that. So, as I record this episode, the doors to thrive beautifully my women's mastermind, business money, energy and mindset accelerator. It's an incredible program. I absolutely love leading it. It has the most amazing women in it. And it's for you if you want to scale your business and double your income and do it all in a joyful and feminine way. Just go to thrivebeautifully.com to find out more. So today's episode's a little different. I'm doing something I've never done before. You are interviewing me. So I put a shout out for your questions and I'm actually going to be answering them in rapid fire today. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to give it my best shot. We are going to cover topics including well-being, mindset, business, motivation, money, and the future. And some of the questions I'm going to cover include perfectionism, morning routine, how to clear negative mindset programming, remaining positive even when the results are not there yet, how to stay consistent, how to handle overwhelm, how to outsource business tasks, what to do when your motivation dwindles, and my biggest money mistakes and how I healed my money story. 
Just a few of the topics we'll be diving in, so if any of those pique your curiosity, you are in the right place. Okay, let's dive into episode 100. I don't even have a title for this <laughs> as I record it. I have no idea what I'm going to call this. <laughs> so let's dive straight in. So first question up is from Polly and she says, what is the best way to set up a morning routine? Okay, so the first thing I want to say on this is that it's entirely up to you. It's very personal and I have found it varies over time what my mind, body and soul need at a particular time. But I recommend it has aspects that set the desired state for your mind, your body and your spirit. So think about what would nourish each of those three things to start your day. And the reason starting your day is so critical is because it sets the tone for how everything else goes. That state that you set, that energy that you create to start the day, that is what you touch everything and everyone that comes into your day with. So make it a good energy. I currently start with meditation and I do that sitting up in bed. I try to do that before I do anything else apart from get a hot water with lemon because I've found it's easy to skip it or get distracted or be caught up in the day if it doesn't happen straight away. So I usually do meditation first, then I'll have a celery juice, then I will typically do some exercise. So I aim for 30 minutes a day, it could be a walk, it might be some yoga or it might be some weights. So when I'm flying solo, I use Yoga Glow, which I absolutely love because they have tons and tons of classes and you can search for 15 minute or 20 minute or 30 minute classes, depending how much time you have available. So I aim to do that every morning. I don't do it every morning, but I found by aiming to make it part of a routine, it typically happens around five times a week which I am very happy with. And then sometimes I do some journaling. Sometimes I read something inspiring. And then I have a nutritious breakfast. So test out ideas and see what works for you. Okay, I'm going to have to go quicker to fit all of these questions in. Okay, second question from Polly. What are a few quick tips to fight perfectionism? I'm a big fan of the 80% rule. That means don't aim for something to be 100% perfect. Decide that you're happy when it's 80% there, whether it's a creative output like a photograph or a painting or written piece of content. Aim for 80%. Stay really connected to the bigger picture and think about what is it costing you in time and energy to continue fiddling with something, trying to figure out when it's at 100% or trying to make it absolutely perfect. What is that cost to you? Ask yourself, does it really matter? 
And one of my tips is that there's one area I do allow myself to indulge my perfectionism. And that is imagery. And I allow myself to give a greater level of attention to imagery in my life and my business purely for the joy of it. As a photographer for several decades, I have a great deal of joy. And so when time and energy allows, I will gift myself the pleasure of being deeply involved in imagery, whether it's creating it or choosing it or editing it. So it's okay to give yourself an area, but make sure it doesn't have a time or energy drain. All right, next on to Sally. She asks, what's your process for clearing negative mindset programming such as scarcity or unworthiness? Okay, first thing, it's a lifetime's work. (laughs) I've used many different processes, methodologies, modalities. The ones I love are theta healing, EFT or tapping, doing affirmations in front of the mirror for gentle redirection and keeping your new state of mind front of mind, journaling, coaching and various different kind of healing modalities. Those of you that have worked with me may know that I use a pendulum And I also use charts for finding out where the blocks are. And that's been really powerful for me as well. Okay, next question. How do you remain positive even when the results are not there yet? Great question. (laughs) Great question to ask. I should just point out that the quality of your questions mattered. The quality of your questions really matters. So stay close to your vision. This is how you stay positive. Make sure you have a vision that excites you and that you are motivated to keep persevering towards. This will help you stay resilient and in faith and trust. I'm very visual. I love to see a vision board of the vision I'm creating, have affirmations, and I like to visualize at the end of my morning meditation. For one minute, I walk through my future reality as if it is real. So yes, I am on a yacht every day (laughs) in my mind's eye. How else can you remain positive? Strengthen your faith. So really developing your relationship to spirit and knowing that the creator wants what you want for you. And then surrendering, just choosing to let go of the anxiety, choosing to let go of the fear that it won't work out, choosing to let go of the negativity. It's okay to acknowledge it and see it there, but then just choose to let go. Okay, I see you, anxious, fearful, inner self. I, you know, I hear you, inner critic, And I'm just going to acknowledge you and then let go. How do you stay consistent even when you're overwhelmed? (laughs) Great question. I'm going to answer this short term and long term. Okay. Short term, organisation and planning. Always plan before you take action. When you're overwhelmed, it's super tempting to just uh, kind of 
struggle and just do whatever comes up first, whatever's shouting the loudest, sitting down and planning and being really strategic about where your time and energy goes when there's more than you can do. Stay really present. Do not multitask. Focus on one thing at a time. Because when you're purely, purely present with one thing at a time, you are not in overwhelm. When you're not thinking about the past or the future, but you're truly present, you are not in overwhelm. And then really taking regular breaks, especially to breathe. I love yin yoga for really reaching where the stress is trapped in my body. And nature walks, getting out and grounding in nature. But what's really going on to create the overwhelm? It's important to identify your patterns here. Why are you in overwhelm in the first place? Do you have unrealistic expectations of yourself and what you can achieve? Quite often, the to-do lists that people create are completely unrealistic. Or do you have a pattern of getting distracted when things feel difficult or when you're having a new task that you're procrastinating around? Or do you allow others to set your agenda? Are you being reactive to other people's demands, which means that you don't have strong boundaries? So boundaries could be another reason that you're overwhelmed. Perhaps you don't say no to requests. Perhaps you take on too much. Perhaps you allow other people's agendas to be ahead of yours or people to interrupt you. So those are some starting points to look at why the overwhelm happens and some quick places to focus. Okay, next up is Anna and she says, I would love to hear your best strategies on outsourcing some business tasks in your coaching business. Great question. Again, these are good questions. So first I recommend outsourcing personal help. So that's help around the home, especially with cleaning. This can be such a drain when we're entrepreneurs, especially if you work from home and so you're in that environment. That's the quickest, easiest, cheapest thing to outsource straight away and will buy you back two to four hours a week straight off. Hiring. This is interesting. I believe you have to hire for skill set and personality. Depending on the role, ultimately, someone needs to be a personal and character fit for your business. And it doesn't matter how good they are at the skills or the tools. If they're not the right personality, they're not going to last. I recommend outsourcing one thing at a time. Start with a VA for a few hours a week. I recommend documenting the process so that you have some standard operating procedures in Google Docs so that if your team change or somebody leaves or they are off sick, it's very clear how you do things. Three things I recommend getting help with as a coach. Number one, setting up your opt-in pages and your mailers. And that's setting up, not writing them. Don't expect a VA to write all your mailers unless they really, really know your business. Secondly, scheduling social media and creating graphics and perhaps some copy for social media. 
you really want to, as a coach, be focusing on coaching, creating content, and going live. So what does that mean? Well, the coaching and going live could be working with your actual clients, or going live could be on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, in masterclasses or webinars, so that people get to experience you, your gifts, your teachings, and your energy. Creating content, so writing blog posts, social posts, mailers to market your business and share your message. These three things are what you want to be focusing on. And so you can outsource pretty much anything else. But at the beginning, I recommend starting with a VA and then upping their hours as they can take more and more on. Everything from uploading call replays, video editing, setting up welcome sequences in your mailing system, doing research tasks. There's so much you can outsource here. And a couple of tips around the outsourcing process. Make sure you have a signed agreement that you have read, preferably give them one so they're very clear how you work. Discuss up front things like communication. How and when do you like to be communicated with? What are the turnaround times for tasks? Ask them what makes a good client. Really make sure and spend time thoroughly going through how it's going to work. Invest time and energy in onboarding them properly. So in my business, we actually have an onboarding pack for team, which I send to new team members, which gives them all the information about who we are, what we do, our brand, our tone of voice, how we operate, who the other members of the team are. This is a great document to create when you're scaling your business. And then it's all about communication. Invest in giving feedback, both positive and constructive, regularly. And be open to feedback as well. Okay, what do you do when motivation dwindles, says Jess. Okay, I love this question. Because it does. And it's going to, and it doesn't matter what you do, there's going to be times when your motivation dwindles. Sometimes you're just really tired and you need a rest. (laughs) The amount of women I have worked with that have come back rejuvenated after a sabbatical, a break, a holiday, a weekend in a hotel, even a day in a spa. Maybe your motivation is dwindling because you are just tired. (laughs) Maybe you need a change of scenery and you need to switch things up, go work from a different place. Go nomadic for a while if lifestyle allows. Start working from different places. This is one of the joys of being a digital entrepreneur. But really what you need to do, Jess, is go back to your desires and your bigger vision, your why. You've really got to tune back into why am I doing what I'm doing? What's it all really about? What do I want to contribute to the world? What do I want to experience and create? What excites me? And my third tip is to do things that bring you joy and raise your vibe. When motivation dwindles, go back to what makes you laugh and feel joyful and feel alive. 
Okay. Gull asks me to dive into the topic of money. Juicy, juicy, juicy. And she's asked a few different questions. The first one, what is your biggest money mistake and what did you learn from it? So this is a tough one for me to answer because I've made lots. And it's actually quite difficult to identify one and know that mistakes are how we learn and grow. And so you get to stop shaming yourself for your mistakes. You get to adopt the stance of, I was doing the best I could with what I knew. And you get to treat your younger, earlier self with compassion and forgiveness. So I would say one of my biggest money mistakes was trusting others with my money blindly, was outsourcing aspects of money management without really understanding what they were doing, without keeping a close eye on the process. And I did this in different ways. I had an accountant that I just let get on with things And they forgot to register me for VAT at a certain point in my business. And so if you're familiar with HMRC and VAT in the UK, these are the guys in black. These are the guys that arrive at your house late at night. I'm not going to say with a machine gun, but, you know, it's heavy. The VAT people are heavy. And I had a very stern letter and a fine and it was not a good situation. I had to find a large sum of money. Now, my accountant admitted that they'd made a mistake and hadn't done their due diligence and they offered to pay the fine. (laughs) Such was the level of fault they were at. But ultimately, I learned a lesson to keep a much closer eye on my numbers and just because I've hired someone don't assume that they're competent and that they are doing their job. So I went on to hire an amazing bookkeeper, shout out if you're listening to this, I love Julie and her team and we now have monthly meetings. So at the end of each month, the following, the week following the end of the month, We actually have a 30-minute meeting to run through my numbers, my expenses, my income, my VAT liability, my tax, so that I'm on top of it all the time. Another way this trusting others showed up was that I let an ex-partner share my assets and money. I made the decision from a place of love and the expectation that we would be together forever and it cost me dearly. I had to sell my house to pay him off and I chose not to go to court and fight. I chose to I chose to pay off the problem. Now whether that was right or wrong is debatable. It was the right decision for me at the time. And it wasn't necessarily the most financially empowered decision for me. But what I will say is in this, 
I know that money is a renewable resource and I truly learned to recreate everything I lost all over again. And if you have the power and the creativity and the mindset and the gifts and the willingness inside you, you can always recreate any money you've lost. And I think this was the biggest takeaway from this, that I went on to make far more money than I'd actually lost. I went on to really tap into so much more of my potential and create in an even bigger way, which I wouldn't have done without that motivation. So, so often when we look at our biggest money mistakes, they actually are gold-lined. They actually allow us to tap into an even greater level of abundance. So Gul asks, what helped you to shift your money mindset the most? Ooh, I honestly, truly think it was letting go of all the ideas about money and about me and money. It was the letting go and I adopted new ways of being, but more than anything, it was what I let go of. And that, well, a lot of that was the programming that I was brought up with and the programming that so much of society runs from. So spending time around people with an abundant, expansive mindset, a mindset of possibilities and positivity has a huge impact on my money mindset and having firm boundaries around not talking about lack in the world, not complaining about the cost of things, And making that decision not to buy into scarcity thinking, which is something I keep coming back to again and again because I'm human. I slip back into it. You know, when I haven't booked a client for a while or a launch doesn't go as planned or a big expense comes in, it's super easy to go into contraction and want to contract our spending, contract our investing, wanting to go into fear. But it's always a choice. So the top five lessons that help to heal your money story. Ooh, this is really interesting trying to condense a decade plus of learning, studying, teaching, healing. Number one, it's not your stuff. It's not your stuff. Let go of it. Number two, become financially conscious not trusting others to blindly manage my affairs, but empowering myself with knowledge to understand and do it myself. So I recently joined Female Invest, which I really recommend. They have a great book and I'm part of their community so that I can do my own investing and not pay a financial advisor who take a large commission typically and have their own vested interests not damning everyone, but that's how much of the industry works. But really empowering myself with the knowledge and willingness to do this myself. And one of the reasons I can do that is because I choose to let go of old stories from school when I was told you're no good at maths, even though I won an award for maths. The story was I was no good at it. You're no good with numbers. You waste money. Letting go of these stories that other people projected onto me. Number three is investing in mentors, coaches and healers to grow myself and my business. This was huge. 
absolutely huge, allowing in support and help and learning from others. Number four is expanding what I spend on myself and my life and experiences. This is all about dropping the guilt. I was brought up seeing my mother feeling guilty about spending on herself, spending as little as possible, spending freely on gifts for others, but feeling shame and guilt when she spent on herself. So I inherited that programming and did the same thing for many years. And so it's been a real journey into self-worth and permission to expand what I allow myself to spend on myself and experiences in my life. And number five was really getting clear on my values around money. Okay, what do I most value to spend on? And then giving myself permission to spend wildly and abundantly on those two categories. I wonder if you can guess what they are. I'm going to tell you. Wellness, well-being and wardrobe. (laughs) Those are the two areas where I have focused my spending and cut back on other areas. And it's brought me much more satisfaction and joy and fulfillment. Okay, I love this next question. Thank you, Gaul. What is next for Polly? Ooh, this is so juicy. (laughs) And I really had to feel into this. What do I want to share publicly? So I am a really private person. I am an INFJ personality type. So that's introverted, intuitive, feeling and judging personality traits. And according to 16personalities.com, where you can find out what your test is, INFJs are the rarest personality type of all, but they certainly leave their mark on the world. Now, they are also the most private of personality types. So it has not been natural for me to share my life, um, my opinions, my voice in the world. Like many of you, I have been on and I still am on a huge journey around visibility. So part of me didn't want to answer this question. (laughs) Part of me was like, but that's, that's, you know, that's a beautiful seed I'm nurturing and it's not ready for the world to see. It's a vulnerable little seed. And I always recommend nurturing your seedlings carefully and protecting them from other people's opinions and judgments and fear. People love to project their fear onto your dreams and ideas. So I've come up with some things that I do feel good about sharing. So in terms of business, I have a new brand coming and a new website that represent the next level version of me. And I'm super excited to be sharing those with you in a few months time. I'll be leaning into more automation and support to sell eight programs I've created over the last six years and really get them out to the people that need them. I've got two new courses coming this year. Shh, this is a secret. That's all I can say. And Money Beautifully is coming back. Yay! So one of the questions that I received from Hannah was why I stopped Money Beautifully for a while. And the truth is 
because that's what felt aligned. And we really need to follow where our energy is in business and trust our intuition. And we can't do everything all at once. And it was my desire and deep alignment to focus on Thrive Beautifully, my high-level mastermind for women entrepreneurs. And I wanted to take a step back from other offerings and diluting my energy and go fully into Thrive. Also, I run Money Beautifully nine times in a row and I could feel my energy shifting and I don't ever want to do something out of a place of obligation or feeling like I have to or I should. It has to come from a place of alignment and excitement. And so I paused it until I could get back to that place and I can feel it bubbling up. So watch this space. In my home life, I have a property in Ibiza that I will be renovating, hopefully in the next year. And spiritually, I'm leaning into more presence. This is one of my greatest goals. It doesn't really matter what I'm doing, but how I'm doing it. What does it feel like when I'm doing it? And how can I experience a deeper degree of pleasure, satisfaction, joy and presence in each task. And a little wild card for you. When I was reflecting on what I wanted 2023 to be about, I got a surprising download. My intuition said, keep half of the year free. It's like, what? What? What is this? It said, keep 50% of your time free. And I thought, huh, how curious. So I started my year heading in the directions that I could identify. And I have a deep intuitive feeling that the second half of the year may bring some surprises. So I'm not getting too tied down to any specific plans, any specific locations, but I'm allowing the universe to surprise me. All right, let's wrap up. Last question from Polly. Again, some of your favorite places to visit. Miami, love the energy there. It's on the sea, but it's a cool cutting edge city. It feels like the capital of South America. It's got some amazing art galleries. It's got palm trees. It's got fabulous shopping. I just love the energy in Miami. Apparently, it's on significant ley lines. It always feels super energizing for me when I'm there. Number two, Florence. It's so elegant and so beautiful. And I have definitely lived there before. Number three, Ibiza. I'm not bored of it yet. 28 years and counting. (laughs) And I'm still coming here. And there's still plenty of places I haven't been to. We have like over 60 beaches on this tiny island and I still haven't been to them all. There's still tons of restaurants to visit. There's still lots of amazing walks to go on. And India. I love to visit India. I went there five or six times in my 20s and 30s. Haven't been for quite a while. Would love to do India again. It's magical. It's unpredictable. (laughs) 
It's challenging. It's colourful. It's eclectic. It's another world. And there's so much richness there. At one point, I was between moving to India or Ibiza to live. And I settled on Ibiza because the Western world is more progressive when it comes to women. And India is still a very traditional society in so many ways. And I felt as a single woman, it would be easier for me in Ibiza. But India has a very dear place in my heart. I know that I've lived there in many past lives. So, oh my gosh, we're going to wrap up the 100th episode. And I have a change coming. I'm actually going to be taking this podcast bi-weekly for a while. So coming to you every other week. I feel like we've reached a finish line and I'm so proud and I'm so excited and it feels amazing. And I've loved doing this. I've loved coming to you every week. And now we're going to switch up the pace a little, creating space for that 50% mystery that's coming in. So I really hope that you'll stay on this journey with me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being an amazing audience and incredible things are coming your way. Bye for now. So I'm so excited to share with you more about Thrive Beautifully. As I mentioned, it's something I'm so in love with. It's so dear to my heart and it's where really big transformation and miracles and big up levels happen. My Thrive Beautifully Mastermind is the place where talented, spiritual and creative women can scale their business to 10 to 20k plus months. And it's also where I teach how I've grown a successful company doing what I love, making a profound difference in people's lives, helping them clear their blocks and up level in a joyful and feminine way. And it's not just me, my clients are also doing things like hitting consistent 10 to 20k plus months, having their first 100k launch, selling 2 to 5k offers for the first time with ease, hitting 10k months in income, hiring people in their business so they stop doing what drains them, Easily securing TV appearances, podcast interviews, and prestigious press features. Growing confident, more empowered, and positive about themselves in the future. Working less overall. Feeling more spaciousness and more support. And feeling more abundant in every way. And they're not overworking. They're not sacrificing their personal life or chasing clients. So you're a perfect fit for this 12 month mastermind to help you double your income. If you already have clients and you feel ready for the next level up to six figures or multiple six figures. If you know that you get results for your clients and perhaps you're ready to raise your rates but you feel a little nervous around it and you'd like support to sell confidently at your new rates. It's for you if you've got a clear niche and you're ready and willing to take action and you're already on social media and being visible, but you would like help with what content to put out there, what your message is and more clarity around how to book clients. 
and you'll already have done personal development, be on a spiritual journey and have worked on your money mindset, but you're really ready for that next level of power and success and you want some support getting there. So you can check out all the details, investment and find the application for the mastermind, which closes in a couple of weeks time in April for a May the 1st start. You can find the link at thrivebeautifully.com and under this podcast episode. It is my honor to support you. I absolutely love this program. Miracles happen in our vortex. And if you are curious about what you could create within it or curious if it's the right fit for you, then I invite you to book a call with me. Reach out to me soon. I wish you a wildly abundant week and I'll see you in a couple of weeks time. Bye for now.